0: This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast with Greg Smith and Jay Foreman. Oh, yeah. Tell it to me
1: straight up. Hello. Welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hill Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith, your donut-loving, Adidas-wearing friend.
0: <laughs> I'm Jay Foreman. I am your chitlin' eating, <laughs> <laughs> fun-loving, almost football season uh, co-host.
1: It's a, it's a beautiful day, like I, I was trying a little to. little chilly, uh, but it, it's yeah, good yeah, though. Well, it could be three degrees and snowing, and I would be in a good mood today. Yeah, I'm a champion, a champion right. fan.
0: Right, I hear you. I mean, I'm. A, I always. I, I will say this. I, I've been a Lakers fan uh, my whole life. You know, to be honest with you, and uh, you know, obviously, I was. Everybody was a Bulls fan when Jordan was running. My whole family. I was thinking about last night the Lakers and how long I've watched Laker basketball. I remember being uh, with my mom and my aunt and my, you know, real name or whatever you want to call it is Jamal. My mom named me after Jamal Wilkes because she had a crush on him. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, when he played on the Lakers and I remember back when, you know, it was Michael Cooper. He was my, one of my favorite players that played Mm -hmm. for the Lakers. Um, And, they were playing the Celtics, and I was thinking about it. And then I was watching. I say LeBron last night. So I was. It was. It was a good night to see him do it. Um, I will say this: I'm not going to sit up there and think it was a foregone conclusion, especially after the last game in the way that the Miami Heat played. But um, the Lakers, I think, finally came out, and they uh, that that was the best they probably played, in my opinion. The best three quarters or two and a half quarters that they've played all year.
1: Yeah, that second quarter was dominant defensively, especially. Um, And it's funny. I'm gonna I will early on in in the pod here put myself on blast, peel the curtain back because you said you you didn't think it was a foregone conclusion you going to tell the people how mad at me you were before game five oh, when you called hot. me and I was getting a victory cigar before were, game five yeah, you, and you were mad at me?
0: Yeah, I told you, but don't ever count your chickens before they hatch. <laughs> you thought it was over. Oh, they got the mom, but listen... <laughs> That's not the way professional sports go, man. That, you just can't do that.
1: It was supposed to be like that. It was supposed the storybook ending was. And that's they why, were gonna wear the mama why. jerseys. I had my cigar. I know I you did. I had a good liquor ready. We were good to go. And they had brought they out were, the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had the trophy and Louis Vuitton case.
0: Yeah, I changed my. it changed up my whole daily routine. I went back to the, the routine I had in in Game Four. <laughs> I was hot at you for a little bit. I kept this conversation <laughs> short with you. I don't even think I called you for a day. I was like, man, you'd messed up the whole mojo but it, it, it happened at the right time you know they you know and so that you know i'm glad that they won um you know it was an interesting season you got to give kudos to the nba and the players and the uh well the owners and the players uh somehow a major sports league they can work together for the betterment of the whole game and it it was a lot of re- really good basketball um it was more of a au type basketball but it was actually pure basketball in the sense that, you know, the crowd was out of it, so they had to show up and play. Yeah. And then, um, you know, everybody was obviously safe, which was obviously, the you know, at the forefront. Um, but it was really exciting, and, and I think it's uh, it was really good for the NBA, even though obviously they started to uptick and kind of take a little bit away from the NFL over the last, you know, say four or five years. Yeah. It was good for them to kind of be the only show in town. The NFL didn't have any preseason games, and they just uh-huh. kind of showed up and played. And I think they ended at the right time. Gives them a lot of momentum going into the offseason, whenever the season will start next year for them. Um, But, you know, I'm happy for all the Lakers, LeBron James, Rondo, you know Rondo is is weird. It, it's it's so strange to it, like
1: celebrating Rajon Rondo as a Laker champion. Like it's just weird. He he needs to be a
0: hired <laughs> gun. You know you, you know like how the Patriots always pick up that veteran. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, give it up to Sasha for the Patriot. Well, she's a true Patriot fan because she yeah, says she's, she's a, sticking with him. She's it. sticking I mean. with him. <laughs> but it's like the Patriots always pick up that veteran for that last run before they win a Super Bowl. Yep. That's what Rondo needs to be. Give me a month or two to get in basketball shape, and I'm gonna lead, and I'm gonna be the player that I'm supposed to be when he was drafted, coming out of Kentucky, and that leadership that he has. The one thing that people don't realize, even last year, and you know that when when they were playing, and I remember, I think it was Christmas day, and that's when LeBron, you know, pulled his growing, and how they were destroying the Warriors. Mm-hmm. The thing that people don't understand like if you look at a like a Chris Paul or a Rondo versus uh like a Trey Young or like say like a you know a younger point guard if you watch how Rondo controls the tempo mm-hmm. and controls the whole the the basically he he controls the whole game. He knows when to fast break, when to pull it out. If they're struggling a little bit, he knows what set to get him in. Uh he knows how that he actually is a better offensive threat then people give him credit when for. he decides to when do he decides it.
1: To. and he did it last night as well you know? right
0: he can go to the hoop he can go both ways he can create and he's and he's a big if you look at his body type he's actually really he has really long arms and really broad shoulders mm-hmm. so what he really does really, really well when he goes in there and he goes against a point guard say that maybe he's a you know a couple inch taller than him he lessens that by getting into their body uh, but I was really impressed by him one from uh, his leadership on, on while he was playing, but then also there's a story that uh, he came directly to LeBron James and said, "You know, last year your body language was horrible."
1: I thought that was very important. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I, and you you have to have a level of respect, respect. from LeBron to yeah. be able to to, <laughs> to tell him. And that. And they battled,
0: yeah. So, and, they, and they, you know, the Celtics against the Heat. You know, it was it was serious, but that lets you know how much respect LeBron had for Rondo. One for the Lakers to bring him in. Right? Because mm-hmm. Lakers aren't going to bring anybody in that, you know, LeBron didn't have respect yeah, for. Yeah, he, he didn't give the <laughs> he didn't ultimate give an, approval. He, he didn't give the head <laughs> nod to. Right. 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 So, you, you, it all worked out. And, and you got to think of even somebody like uh, Jared Dudley. He gives – Guys, like oh, he has me a and role you. too, right? <laughs> role, yeah. He, veteran presence, you veteran need a, a presence. A guy that's not really gonna play. He, he ain't gonna play. He, he gonna played he gonna...
1: as much as we did, he, but, right. but he got a role.
0: He, hey, listen here, that made me get want to think about getting in the gym and shooting threes. He because he's had he's eaten as many donuts as we have, <laughs> but you know what? He was probably doing. He was probably doing a lot of coaching um, of the younger guys, like the you know the cooks uh Giannis's brother some Mm -hmm. other guys that you know we probably don't even know probably had to make sure Deion Waiters was uh (laughs) coming to practice (laughs) coming to practice not inebriated good good on him he was getting a he he was showing up playing with I call it house money he was either getting a championship from being a a part of the heat or the Lakers but I'm pretty sure he he'll take the the one from the Lakers because of uh somebody gave him a bad uh (laughs) <laughs> a bad gummy, a bad, 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 bad strain, of gummy on that uh, private jet that he was on.
1: That's one of the great stories ever. Um, now, if you are if you are new to the podcast, um, welcome in. First of all, uh, second, we every week we kind of go through and we we do a segment to start off the show um, called Coach Speak, where you know we read off a quote and, and we let you know what somebody said. It doesn't have to necessarily be a coach, um, and, and we tell you what they mean, it really meant, and what and react to that. Coach speak to real talk. This week, it comes courtesy of the man we were kind of talking about and speaking of respect, the man, the myth, the legend, LeBron James. He (laughs) said, after last night's game, quote, We just want our respect. Coach Vogel wants his respect. Rob wants his respect. The organization and Laker Nation wants their respect, too. And I want my damn respect, too. Yeah. What did he mean by that? Because that's an interesting statement to say right after you win your fourth championship, your fourth finals MVP, you are universally – considered at least the second best player in the history of the game. What did he mean by that? Because he went there right away.
0: Uh, Well, I mean, it was all inclusive, right? Because you got to think – Rob Polinka lost. Well, wasn't really respected because he. Everybody felt like he was only. He was Kobe's boy.
1: They thought. Remember back. To jump in on you. Remember right. back when um, during the summer before it was right. It was actually after they pulled off the Anthony Davis trade, right. where people were talking about Rob Polinka being a bozo. And he didn't know the rules because he yeah. cost them money. But when well, you remember that they were talking well, about was, he didn't know rules. He didn't know the <laughs> rules,
0: and it was in. And remember, they were saying that he was like the the. Backdoor snitch telling um, yeah. telling Jeannie Bus that Magic Johnson wasn't in the office, and mm-hmm. then it was he was mainly supposedly the big reason why Magic left. Right, right. Yeah, because
1: Magic went on first take and said he was a backstabber. He
0: was a backstabber. I wouldn't trust him X, Y, and Z. So you know he didn't have respect, right? right. Or and, and then people were thinking like, well, you know, he was just hooking Kobe up, you know, those right. last few years, you know, and then Kobe got him a job with the Lakers, because he went from an agent, yeah. you know, he, first of all, he started, he played with the Fab Five at Michigan, yep. didn't really, you know, obviously play professionally, Got became an agent, came extremely tight with Kobe, yeah. and then Kobe got him the job. So he didn't have respect. The Lakers have been, you know, you go from, if you want a good analogy, it's no different than Nebraska in the 90s, right? Or, you know, you think about the 80s and the 90s or whenever mm-hmm. the Lakers, you know, obviously were winning. Same with Nebraska, and then be bottom feeders now. You lost a lot of respect. People are looking at you, and, it's, and the reason why people lost respect or like or liked to dig on the Lakers is because they were so good for so long and so dominant for so long, and they were so high-profile, right? Yeah. You are obnoxious
1: all, about it. I'll, I'll take that. And that's fine. <laughs> like, and that's fine. Right? And, yeah. and same
0: thing with Nebraska. When we go play, you know, meatloaf state, we're bringing 70,000 people and in, 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 right. in overtaking your stadium. But now we're not – so people were, you know, kicking them while they are down, so you lost respect there. And then I think the thing with LeBron is, and me and you talked about it, some people, there's a lot of people out there, know. and, and the same thing happened when people have, I call revisionist history. When Jordan was kind of, you know, going from, say, like a top ten player to legitimate top five player as he was working up to being the best of all time when he was playing, you heard people talking about Larry Bird, Dr. J, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then they had the, you know, Bill Russell with all his championships and of always knocking him down. And it's no different with LeBron, except for now there's social media and so many outlets. Everybody has a voice and an opinion. So LeBron's in the same position as Jordan is, or Jordan was. And the only thing that they can say, the differential between LeBron and Jordan, is the 6-0 in the championships, and LeBron has four. LeBron's statement meant, what I'm doing now is no different, so you need to give me the same respect because I'm doing it in different different situations under harder circumstances where, where people don't really understand. Mm-hmm. LeBron's path to championships is through more Hall of Fame players than Jordan ever had, and people don't understand that. When he beat the Spurs, you had four Hall of Fame players. <laughs> In a Hall of Fame close. When they,
1: play, when they play the Warriors. And see, this is the thing that, that drives me nuts about what was three and six, and now it'll just yeah. be four and six that people will just roll on to right. that and say that, yeah. right? But if you look at those six, so we talked – that Spurs was at, what, 2014? I'm going to get my years messed yeah. up. was at 2014 with that great Spurs team, and they were a great team. Um, you lose <laughs> a couple to those Warriors teams that had four All-Stars and then were coached four. by Steve Kerr. Well,
0: they the Hall of Fame, not All-Star. But yeah, and it's not even just like. We're, we're not, like
1: <laughs> that's true. J.R.
0: Ryder made a, 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 a All-Star, <laughs> All-Star game. That's no different than me and you going out there and making all this, Okay, so we're talking about, I'm talking about Hall of Fame players. Okay, not just guys that, you know, I mean, I was always a Christian Laettner fan from college. He made two All-Star teams. So we're not talking just making an All-Star. We're talking mm. about Hall of Fame players. The Warriors, four Hall of Fame players. Spurs Hall of Fame players. So, who he's getting beat by, or who he had to beat to get there, is is in a lot of ways harder.
1: The one than what the, Jordan had to go through, and the, and I, I agree. But the one the one thing that I think dings LeBron on that is really that was a two thousand eleven, the one against uh Dallas. Yeah, because when he, when, it's that one is the outlier, right? When we talk about LeBron, it. It, it's the one that. Doesn't make any sense if you look at the rest of his career, because even in those ones that he lost, like against the Warriors, what's the the one he, he year that they the lost to player. the Warriors? He was the best player, he averaged a triple double, and there were people that voted for him for MVP, MVP even yeah. though they lost. Um, he uh, he's always been bankable, dependable. Those are the numbers that he's gonna give you, right? right? And so I think that it was like that Dallas series really messed people was, up because it just, it just that, doesn't make. It any was that sense one. <laughs> it was that, that one game happened. where he
0: looked like he refused to shoot. Yeah, um, yeah. he looked timid he for looked a lot of his series, and he was confused. I would say that, but then also you got to think with with Rick Carlisle being the coach, who's a Popovich disciple. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I bet you he called in Popovich on on how to stop him, and. At that point in time, LeBron's mental game wasn't nearly where it needed to be, and he was trying to be something that he wasn't. Remember, he was trying to be the villain. He
1: right. was trying
0: to be the, you know, and that was that's <laughs> the, not the
1: black mask. Yeah, <laughs> and that wasn't, his,
0: that wasn't his personality. And so it was one of those things, a learning uh, process. And Jordan went through the same thing. The only thing is Jordan went through those things in the first and second round, right, the, of, or in the, the or
1: in the Eastern Conference it, finals, in right? Eastern
0: Conference Finals, where he couldn't hit a shot, um, he kept shooting, he didn't pass. It's no different than when LeBron didn't score, Jordan was trying to score but didn't. So at the end of the day, they both weren't scoring, right. and their teams lost. And so people always, in my opinion, have revisionist history. LeBron is trying to, um, he's he's definitely motivated by it, but then also he's letting people know that you know he's heard it and, and he you know thanked them in a way. Uh, because he, when, when you hear somebody talk about respect, LeBron shouldn't be at the point where he's like, you should be respecting Yeah, He's done <laughs> as she- much or for the game and for himself. I mean, being 35 years old and, and averaging a triple double in the NBA finals at 35 years old with a st- stoppage of what, three months during the season mm-hmm. is unheard of.
1: Like, it's crazy, but I but and it's funny you said it because he should not, he should be beyond the point of like needing quote unquote respect. But, but you know, the immediate Mm -hmm. thing I thought about when he said that about I want my damn respect too. Remember, after last year's playoff run, all of a sudden Kawhi Leonard is now the best player in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And then he's gone because he went on a nice run, um, during that playoffs last year for the Raptors to lead them to a championship. And then LeBron and AD chased him to try to get him to come to LA and form their own super team. He, and he spurned them, up. right? Um, and while all, the whole time was plotting with with way off P. Let's see yeah. how that worked out for yeah. you, chump. So. Because – I think because – and then Giannis. Giannis got elevated over LeBron as well, and Mm -hmm. then he won that MVP. And I still think that LeBron was right in what he actually said about the MVP. He did not actually say – when he said he was mad about that, he didn't say, oh, I should have won it. He said, I should have got some more votes. (laughs) Like, I just shouldn't have – and I thought that that was – that's fair. Um, And so I think that he – has heard all of the talk and the noise, even though everyone always says, "Oh, I don't listen to that stuff." He does. Um, he heard all of the noise of people being elevate, elevated above him and saying that he was in the twilight. And he said, "No, I'm really not, and I'm going to prove it right now." Hold on, we,
0: we, we, I don't mean I'm not. I don't mean to step in there, but we missed one. No, who do we miss? They, they were trying to put KD over him first,
1: and, yeah, I'm, and after I will that, say this. After and after and, the, I, F- and I will say shot. this:
0: if KD's mind ever got 100 percent right that's the only player that has the skill set off is offensively to match LeBron
1: yeah because there's nothing that you, if you KD, can't stop if a seven footer shoot with his him. pull-up no. jumper
0: no you might as well just get it going on running down the court
1: yeah and he's quick enough to get around yeah. you but and can just can, shoot over you and if he, he want to improve his
0: defense too yeah. but you know how he comes back off the Achilles injury which I think he'll be fine um, it'll be interesting to see how his game you know, changes or, or stays the same. And then how
1: he has to deal with Kyrie. That'll be the x <laughs> with the Night a boys, like but the, we'll like see the, how that goes. Uh. Everywhere he's been, he's flamed out. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, blew up the team. But LeBron has been just the model of consistency, and it's weird that we can't it's not weird, but, like, it, it defies logic. That at 35 years old, he would still be doing this because if you look back at the 2016 finals, when he won that finals with the Cavs, he was 29 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, 49% field goal, 37-3, right? It's a right. great series. That was a great series in all time. This series that just ended last night, he was 29 points, 11 rebounds, <laughs> eight assists. But shot fifty eight percent from field goal and thirty nine from three. He improved. Right. He's better.
0: Right.
1: Four years later than he was, and that's now after an injury. Right. right. Like it. I don't even know what to like. How do you even quantify? Like, and is there even is there another comparison of somebody that just continued that level of greatness for that long? Mm. As it goes along, because in,
0: in, in the NBA, no. In the NBA, no. At that at that what he's what he's doing right now is unheard of. And he's fighting against himself because he's been so great, not good, great yeah, for great. so long. Yeah. That it's like the only comparable I can think of is like Aaron Rodgers last year, you know, going 28, 28 touchdowns, four interceptions. They're like, Oh, that was a horrible season.
1: <laughs> I loved yeah. his quote recently, you right. see where he was like, you know, down years for me are career years for other quarterbacks. Exactly. And which that's is true. It, and that's the same <laughs> thing with true. LeBron.
0: Yeah. Or like when, the, you know, like the few times that they've always, you know, questioned Tom Brady and, you know, from playing football, there's other factors when if his interceptions went from like 7 to 12, right? Yeah. It might have been tip balls or, you know, or just bad routes and stuff like that as they're trying to work through the minutiae of new new players in, inside the, the Patriots organization. Now he's with Tampa. So if, if there's anybody that's probably had that much sustain, a sustained level of excellence, I would probably say – Tom Brady, I you might have used to being able to say Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning his last couple of years was just kind of not to lose the game. He was mm-hmm. more of a, you know, keep him out of trouble. The defense was real dominant. Tom Brady is when he rolls into the office at Bucks one Bucks place, or when he goes up to the you know the stadium to play on Sundays, it's still a dominant player, and and they dominate more now with their brain. Um, versus obviously with their physical capabilities. I don't think Tom Brady's ever been like physically imposing, but with LeBron, he's in such good shape. His game is is continued to evolve. And you gotta think when he came in the league at like 18, 19 years old, he's pretty much with street balling.
1: Mm-hmm. Just just pure athleticism. And, and so, by His man.
0: first six, seven years in the league, he's just learning how to play NBA basketball and still averaging, you know, whatever it was, 24, 26 points. Now he's he knows how to prepare. How to you know go against any defense? How to make everybody else better, which makes him better and makes him actually more efficient. Mm-hmm. So when you watched him, when I watched him last night, I watched when he would take the ball up, who was in the game, who he who he he, he trusted to control, and there would be time that he was actually off outside the three point line on the opposite side of the court. Mm-hmm. He was just sitting there like a coach watching them run. And then the best play is when he gave the ball to Caruso. They kind of you know. Double, almost double teamed or, or drifted to him. Then he went back door and slammed it. Mm-hmm. What that lets you know is that that was set up two or three plays before right. by him and Caruso. And it didn't even have to be a play call. It was just that they just playing basketball. So that's where LeBron has become that much better of a player versus, you know, like you saw all the pundits, right? When the game before he gave Danny green, the the three point shot wide open. Oh, he has to shoot that. He has to shoot yeah. that. Well, well, if you're comparing them to Jordan, Jordan won two championships because Paxson and Kerr right. in two different years made the same play, actually hit threes with guys closer in their proximity. That three-pointer is like the equivalent of a free throw to a very, very good high school college player. Right. And he front-rimmed it. And so, you know, LeBron is always going to be able to dominate because he he's not a selfish player, right? And so... What I mean by that is LeBron is he'll he'll leave the stadium if he has 18 points. Well, there's been times he's had 12 points, eight rebounds, a couple steals, and probably play if he could play 24 minutes, he'll be fine. And AD scores 40. Right. Whereas some other players like Kyrie, they won't sleep at night unless they James get Harden
1: James <laughs> Harden, unless they
0: get 30 shots up.
1: Right.
0: Something's wrong. And so you ask how he's able to do it. He's able to do it because he is somehow matured and somehow has got somebody's gotten into his head to really say, you know what, a better you is a better team. And the more that you give away, you'll get back in return. Mm -hmm. And the kids these days just don't think like that.
1: And it's the it, the mentor One of the things that I'm really curious about, and I, and I um I don't I don't know if I've ever seen this, but I just always assume that they'll working on some sort of documentary about him, and they'll they'll release this kind of like the last dance at, at yeah. some point. My right? wife
0: asked me about that, yeah, of the Jordan,
1: and it'll be it'll be really interesting. One of the things that I will be most interested to find out about LeBron and this the the whole thing in particular this this gear and all the things that they had to go through as a team, both on and off the floor, um, dealing with the pandemic, the death of Kobe Bryant, all of the stuff, like just kind of building a new team, like resurrecting a proud franchise, all of that, I want to know about the mental toll of all of that because that could not, it. It can't. It, that's not easy. Like we talk no. about the physical portion of it so much, and that'll get and that gets so much attention. Um, but just how difficult mentally this all has to be, and in particular for him being a guy that is has just what ten finals Yeah. Um, to be there year in and year out. And I was thinking about this, and is not disrespect to Jimmy Butler. Um, all respect to those guys from the Heat. Um, but yesterday, as you watching the game, and they're talking about Jimmy Butler being gassed, and you know he had to carry the team and all that. And I just I kind of chuckled to myself, like I just. Did and thought, well, that's actually been LeBron James for, like, the last 12 years.
0: Right. He's playing. <laughs> like,
1: it's been, like, what Jimmy Butler had to do is basically yeah. what LeBron Run's has been doing for, for
0: years and years now. It was a big deal when, when the Lakers didn't make the playoffs and LeBron was on the team when he was actually on injury reserve.
1: Right. right. Even though they were the four seed when he was healthy. Right. Like, with a much worse team right. <laughs> last year. And
0: so, that's the funny thing about it, but when you think about, like, LeBron and, and you just compare Jimmy Butler, and I always I wonder how many more games, like seasons, he's played based on minutes mm-hmm. and playoff games.
1: So Conversa- I saw a thing. I saw a thing where just um, compared to Jordan, LeBron has played exactly eighty one more playoff games than Michael right. Jordan played. So he's played a season's worth of playoff, playoff games. games more than Michael. Right. Which are pretty. I mean, since considering one six championships, they played deep, even though they had the um, those five game series, which I actually wish they would go back to. Me too. made it more fun in the beginning, and you can get some of those over quicker that are going to be you know sweeps anyway. Um, But that's staggering. Like you think about the my and think of um, throwing the Olympics. Like he's played in a couple of Olympics, right? So it's a lot of extra mileage on those tires.
0: And you and you think we go back to mentally. Um, I mean, which is huge. Obviously, mental health is obviously taken on a, mm-hmm. you, you know, a, a whole nother level, even back like when uh, you think of Kevin Love, you know, when he yep. was with the with the Cavaliers, it was kind of like the first big one to jump out there. But just mentally, just imagine, you know, when, you know, COVID and Corona hit, you know, you, you, I know in Lincoln, you know, they had the curfew obviously for the, the you know, obviously for different reasons. But, you know, you, you were afraid to go outside your house. You're looking at the same four walls. Now, imagine being away from your family and then you had to travel from, you know, California or wherever you're coming down to Orlando. Kind of like in, in the first two or three weeks, you know, you're they were giving you different type of food just based on if you, you were coming up positive or not. Right. Then once you kind of pass two tests and you kind of get the good food and then it's like an AAU tournament, you go through this like regular season. Then you go to playoffs. Okay, two teams are gone. There goes my boys. They're gone. Right. Right. So mentally, that gives you kind of that's that wears on you as well. And then to be there and the focus, I, I'm I'd be more interested to see the what was going on like in the offices and how they were able to get the team motivated, focused during this time because that could that itself would be a bestseller on how to team build oh, yeah. mental health because. When you think about it, is you know the obviously with the death of Kobe, right? Um, on top of Corona and all this other stuff, then they sit up there now, you got to go back to to work. And then Kobe was so iconic and was slowly but surely becoming even more of an icon.
1: Yeah, and becoming becoming coming back around the organization coming, yes, a lot more a too. Lot more I mean, you too. got the very now famous video of him dapping up LeBron after a big play right. um, at Staples, and they, um, they were starting to forge.
0: Because I think Kobe, let's be honest, Kobe. Probably had a little bit of angst when LeBron came to kind of take away from him. Yeah, he
1: was a little reluctant, reluctant. to throw his arms around right. him, which, but, which was his personality.
0: was his personality. But they they had still that fr- – they had a friendship, right? Yeah. And, and, and Kobe was like still wanting to get his just due. So maybe if they had a 10-year grace period where they kind of – Yeah, it would know, have been a little, been bit, a little bit easier. Was, yeah. But they started to really come together. Uh mm-hmm. and, and Kobe wanted – Kobe, I think, felt – Good that LeBron was there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And LeBron showed him by obviously moving out there and and they were kind of still doing the same thing. They LeBron's in, you know, Space Jam and Kobe was doing his thing. Um and then for those guys that take to court with that team, in and you and if you talk about mental focus and mental motivation, yeah. I mean, we were just talking about it on the way up here. Uh, Dwight Howard and JaVel McGee. Just take those two. Yep. JaVel McGee is like a a used to be a walking
1: Shaqton. <laughs> Shaqton sh- 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 the fool. And then you had the Dwight
0: Howard. You never knew what type of Dwight you were going to get coming in there and what type of yeah. problem. And he had already been there and blew up the Lakers, right? Yeah. We're just talking about Kobe. Kobe <laughs> was like, hey, dude, you got to get up out of here. Call so. So to come back and, and resurrect yourself, that takes some mental toughness, mental yes. e- mental awareness. And then it had to be part of LeBron helping the whole organization and then with LeBron, you know, obviously a lot of pressure on him. A lot of pressure on AD. Can you really play? Are you tough enough? Yeah.
1: Are, we, can you be the guy can you in be a big the guy moment? And yeah. can
0: you play physical? Because yeah. still, AD is a top five player, bar none, gets zero calls. Me and you text all the time. Zero calls. I, I was calls. trying to
1: figure that out last night. Like, is, like, how does he not – like, the same exact thing will happen on the other end – and he will get called for a foul. It happened last yeah. night, and then it'll happen to him, and he won't get the call. Like it's a, it's a weird thing. Like, and I know people don't like to think. I guess that su- like superstar calls and all of that exist, um, but it does. Yeah. And he, d- but he does not get them. He
0: doesn't get them, and like at all. How's Bam Adebayo getting them before him?
1: Right. And as, it's, it's just a weird thing. And it was, to me, it was a little, that was one of the kind of weird subplots of the series is that like people were mad that the Lakers were complaining about fouls. And I don't always love it, to be honest, um, especially when I think sometimes it takes away um, from them getting back into plays. Like that, that bothers me. I'm yelling at the TV too about that. Um, but at the same time, like, there were a lot of questionable calls. Right. Like, it was just a lot of yeah, weird this- stuff where they don't get a lot of calls. So we, we went on that stretch where Jimmy Butler was shooting more free throws than the entire Laker team. Right. Like, it, it was just strange that how that went. But that, again, though, to me, goes to what we were talking about, which kind of the mental focus of the team. And you were saying, like, how, did, how were they able to do this? I think that one of the things that got brought up earlier in the season, and it It was kind of a punchline at first. Remember people were talking about – the Lakers kept talking about how uh, tight they were and their team chemistry and how well they got along. And people were like, oh, that won't really matter. Like you still got to have ballers to go out there and play. When they match up against XYZ team, the chemistry is not going to get them a win there. But nobody could have foreseen all of the different things that they would have had to go through. And I think that chemistry actually kept them together and kept and got them even closer as a unit to where they then blocked out the noise. Um, And again, that I think was started by really two people, the person we've been talking mostly about, LeBron James, but also Frank Vogel. He deserves a lot of credit for this, too, because we reference Magic Johnson going on to first take and, and calling Rob Palenka a backstabber. Do you know what also happened that same day? That was the day that Frank Vogel was hired.
0: Yeah, it was. Like,
1: that was all in the same day. But there was another very important thing that happened on that day. LeBron James actually came to the press press conference, conference. and he stood in the back. He didn't say anything. He didn't tweet. He didn't put out TikTok. He didn't do anything. He just stood (laughs) back there and hung out, basically giving his stamp of approval to Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel got up there in that very first press conference and said, we're going to be a defensive-minded team. That's going to be our identity and then you see what you saw last night, right. the culmination of that championship, which was based on their defense, and them all kind of buying in and having that great team chemistry. I think that it is is—it's a great story, and it would be a cool story even if I was not adorned in purple and gold right, right. now, um, and I think that people, it gets lost a little bit because um, there is a lot of Laker hate out there. I totally get it. I'm fine with it. I'm willing to take it. I've been taking it for 10 years, uh, but y'all gonna get these jokes now that we got this championship right. back, um, but it's also funny, too, because like I'm like, man, it's been a long 10 years, but this is the sixth championship I've seen yeah. in my life. <laughs> Sasha just rolled their eyes down the hallway at me, even though, you know, Get the Patriots gear on over there. <laughs> um, but it's the sixth championship I've seen in my lifetime, and I think this one I probably, as a fit like enjoyed the most, just because that ten-year gap made me appreciate
0: what was happening so floor, much right? more.
1: Um, what was happening? Because think about it, we went on those those that run the first run with Kobe and Shaq, which we didn't have as much, at least I didn't have as much information about kind of their relationship and how that was going, because it was a little bit of a different era. So I thought that was lasting forever. I thought right. that they were running off seven championships sure. with that group, come to find out they hate each other's guts, and then they had to go. And they reconciled later, and that right. was great. Um, and then to see, I didn't think I'd ever enjoy something more though, because I was Team Kobe and I had my Mamba Out shirt on. I didn't think I'd enjoy anything as much as that first one after Shaq. That first one post-Shaq that he got, yeah, I we, we celebrated yeah. that yeah. one. That <laughs> one was – I hated Shaq so much um, for all of that. Um, and I still look at him a little bit sideways, but I softened on it a little bit. And to get the, the next one going back to back. Um, but this one was different um, because of all of the different circumstances around it, doing it in the bubble with the pandemic, the tragic passing of Kobe, um, all of the social ju- social justice issues that the sure. league has spoken up about Um Having to, you mentioned like having to go away from the family and then you're having to do testing and all that. But remember back when the players went into the bubble, there's a kind of a different time uh, of thinking around COVID and them probably even more concerned about their family back home because right. they just didn't know. And should we actually be leaving them? Like it's just, a, it's a very, we will always remember this 2020 championship team um, and just this run, especially the amount of great basketball.
0: Yeah. Back. I mean, you mentioned Vogel getting hired. You got to think. Tyron Lue was foregone conclusion, right? To be the I was head mad coach. that night when Hold they on. didn't get. <laughs> remember, he was in Vegas celebrating his birthday, and I think the Lakers yeah. had sent him a happy birthday yeah. cake. They did. Okay, so, so whatever went haywire there, I think he wanted what ten million or whatever. I think he wanted
1: more, too much right. money okay. for what they wanted. And
0: to- then he goes to the Clippers. But let's not forget who else came to coach besides Vogel, Jason Kidd. And remember, <laughs> Jason Kidd, there, there it was always out there that Jason Kidd would be. The assistant coach, but the head coach, and would more guys gravitate to him, or would he be would he be right. backstabbing? Because he was
1: also tight with LeBron. He was, was, he LeBron, was tight with LeBron. Uh, respected him because of his game, right. you know?
0: And and I, and I will give LeBron props that the tough battles that he had against the Indiana Pacers when he were you know when he played for the Heat, yep. I think made it easier for Vogel uh, to get on the same level because they always challenged LeBron. Even though LeBron always pulled it out. They always went to a couple game right. sixes and sevens. And so I think it all worked out, but there was definitely, I will say this, and, and whether it's the Lakers, uh, you know, the Warriors when they were winning, Cleveland or the Heat, you know, even the football, like when the Patriots are winning all the time or when you win a Super Bowl team, there's always drama to go with it.
1: Oh, yeah. Like it's never, as easy as, it's it never as easy as it looks. It's
0: never as easy as it looks. It never is. And and that's what makes it worth it to some, you know, to those guys. And that's why you see the, you know, the jubilation afterwards. You see a Dwight Howard um i think he was on snapchat or whatever he was on and you know pouring his you know heart out that yeah, you, know, you just never line. give up because if there was ever a hall of fame player that was kind of pushed to the side or thrown out to sea, it was him mm-hmm. and for him to come to the lakers and pretty much begged to be on the lakers he begged to get yep. on there remember because he came in for a workout He promised him that he would be on the straight and narrow. Yeah,
1: him and uh, Noah came in for those workouts, and people thought that they should side Noah Noah over him. Right,
0: and Dwight Howard was just coming off, like, back surgery, or was it, like, remember he was having a butt operation or something, like a gluteus (laughs) maximus injury. injury Dwight Howard has had some of the strangest strangest things happen to him him (laughs) off the court ever, but he was rehabbing. He came in and had a decent workout, was in decent shape, and told him that he would, you know, promise that he'd be on the straight and narrow. It was like on a day to day type of contract. Yep. And here he is. He played a huge role. He helped, uh, obviously, Javel McGee with his defense. He came in and played when, whenever he could. And he became a team player, which Dwight has never been up until this point right. a true team player and truly meant it. So for a guy like that to win a championship, you know, is, is part of the puzzle, part of the drama, part of the reason why uh, teams like the Lakers. Uh, who aren't overly talented besides LeBron and AD mm-hmm. and beat teams that with more talent because of the chemistry, but then also, you know, because of the coaching, the organization, the trust in each other, and they had to do it uh, under some unideal or least ideal uh, circumstances.
1: Now, there is so much to dive into with with all of that. And we're going to come back to the Lakers in my uh, final segment when we get to that. And we put some people on blast. But but right now, I want to switch gears real quick. Let's break that down. And go from one franchise that's a glamour franchise in their sport um, that won a championship last night to another hated franchise in a different sport um, in the NFL, um, the Cowboys. So Dak Prescott yesterday. If you didn't see it, I do. I do not recommend that you go seek it out. Like I'm one that I don't even need to see the injuries the first time, right, <laughs> let alone man. all the replays that they show of that stuff. It, it drives me nuts. I get a little squeamish. Um, if you didn't um, hear, um, he get a, a compound fracture in his ankle. Right. Um, was not going the right way, um, yeah. is the best way to put that. Um, and obviously had been in a long contract battle negotiations with the team. Um, he franchise tagged and then had been still seeking out that long term deal, basically trying um, to get his quarterback market value, right? Basically, and, and had been balling, had been playing very well since he'd been in the league, yeah. And has been, and I think that has, has outperformed expectations, especially as a passer. Oh. Um, from Without what you doubt. saw, I, I never would have thought. And I watched him a lot. My um, wife's family is from Mississippi. A lot of them are Mississippi State fans. Right. So I saw him a lot right. um, when he was in college. And I did not think that he was this good. But he has been great um, as a pro. He gets that injury last night. And the conversation on Twitter, I thought correctly, immediately was about players needing to get their money. when, when, sure. it, it's, when due, NFL players. Especially in the NFL. Um, and just what's going to happen going forward with him now that, you know, Jerry didn't pay him and right. all of that. So, like, to me, I don't want to speak for you. i will let you speak right. in a second. I feel barely confident in saying that you're going to fall on the side of Dak should have got his money. Right. But what is what is that like, A, to see that from a, a teammate point of view, to because right. you saw how the teammates um, reacted sure. to that too. Um, but what a tough moment. Right. For for Dak Prescott, um, getting carted off the field yesterday.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, from, I have personal experience with that injury. That's pretty much what ended my career. Um, you know, so I felt – you're talking about I feel your pain. I felt his pain, okay. literally. And six surgeries later on my ankle, it's still well, – I mean, I, I have to wear a size higher in shoe. Um, mine happened, you know, when we played the Jets. Oddly enough, it was like the best game I think I was playing ever <laughs> in my career. Yeah. Um, My uh, ex-wife was pregnant at the time, and I'd never have watched it. Um, Mm -hmm. I turned the channel immediately when I saw, you know, Dak, you know, laying on the ground. Um, Ali enough, you know, my grandfather always told me, you know, you walk off the field. I was limped and carried off the field, and then I got on the, you know, the stretcher or whatever, the cart afterwards. How that is as a player, I'm going to tell you what Dak was thinking right there. I know what I was thinking. In in quarterbacks different than linebackers. Linebackers, if you're not when I played, if you're not Ray Lewis or Zach Thomas or Junior Seau, you're kind of like you know I was a good player. Uh, You know if you look at you know if there's what 32 teams and just say 64 linebackers, I was you know obviously more than average. You know so I was in the the top half. I was was in the top half in there, right? But still, those are guys that you you know they always are trying to turn over or or draft a guy or whatever. NFL, NFL, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I wasn't at a premium positions, but what I here's what I was thinking is, uh, I was immediately thinking my career would never be the same again. And then mm-hmm. I, first I was thinking, will I be able to walk again, you know, or be able to run again and do stuff like that? Started thinking about contracts. Started thinking about you know kids and everything. The end comes.
1: <laughs> right right, right. when it comes that light it comes, at the end of the yeah. tunnel
0: or it starts to get dark it goes from like lit in here to lights are about to be off and it's right. flickering right Dak Prescott is thinking the same thing he's probably thinking regret disappointment he I guarantee he's angry at Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones he's angry at the Cowboys because he felt like he's done more look he was a fourth round pick yeah. okay he was a guy that was just a project to kind of sit back and let Tony Romo play for four more years. Right. He pretty much sent pro Tony Romo to the re, to the booth right now. Yeah. Granted, Tony Romo's getting like 10, was 17. Tony, was,
1: is Tony Romo making more money than Dak Prescott now? Almost. I can tell you, it has well, to be close. Well, yeah, well with the franchise gotta, tag, it, was, it might be close. Yeah. It's got to be close. And he's
0: got Skechers and all this other stuff. <laughs> I see Tony Romo everywhere. So it's probably <laughs> right. even Steven, plus he's not, you know, putting his body in physical right. harm way. Right. So from a player perspective, what he's thinking He's got a ton of things going through his mind. You got to think for him, we just, I mean, we could talk about mental health all segment or all show because, you know, he just lost his brother in the off season, COVID. And let's even take it forward, even to last year, right? Where Jerry Jones pretty much told him, you better be a good soldier if you want to be Cowboys quarterback. Mm -hmm. You better not kneel. You better pretty much come out and toe the company line. And people drug Dak Prescott for that. Now, yeah. whether he truly felt that or not.
1: Yeah, that was a lot. That was a big topic It was of influenced yeah.
0: heavily by Jerry Jones, right? So th- there's personal issues going on right there. Then from uh, a teammate standpoint, I'm just going to tell you where you see a guy out there that's done everything he needed to do. And then some. He's outperformed his contract. Mm-hmm. He's a great leader. He's tough as heck because it was a big deal when he didn't practice a couple days and then he whether he was going to play, but he ended up playing yeah. last year. Um, he's answered every bell that you'd, you'd want on the field and off the field, and what he's asking for compared to, let's just say, let's just compare a quarterback on offense to your quarterback on defense. Dak Prescott asking for new money. Sean Lee keeps getting re-upped or re redone Every two or three years, right. and he hasn't been able to finish the season. In I don't know how long. Yeah,
1: it feels like. So if okay. I'm
0: so if I'm looking at these two things right here, right? Dak Prescott, our quarterback, who's performing like a top ten quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, it, by nobody can tell you that he's not right? right. And other guys that have gotten paid that makes you look at that. That Cowboys organization is done.
1: Yeah, it's going to be done a-
0: from from an internal standpoint, and it's not even about just Dak. This has been going on for a long time. Right. So then guys are going to start questioning Jerry Jones. They're going to start doing it. Now from Dak from a contract standpoint, if there's ever time to get hurt, that's the best time to get hurt earlier in the season. In my case, I got hurt late in the season because now he got all off all season to rehab. Yeah. And then he'll be ready when free agency comes. It's a compound uh break in
1: six surgeries. Yeah, but you just see, casually I, dropped that in right, there. Like but I had,
0: I had compound, and I tore the ligaments. Okay, so if he didn't tear any ligaments, it's just like you know they reset the ankle. I'm saying this, just
1: it always. Dude, I'm sa- I say you say I it casually it. because it's always crazy to me how football players just describe rather, injuries as if they're.
0: Like, I'd rather, you. I'd rather break my, I'd rather break a leg versus tear ligaments any day, any, any day of the week.
1: Is it because the thought process behind the, the bone, the bone easier up, right? to heal. The up ligaments then. is
0: like. You just never know. I know a guy that uh, in Buffalo that tore his ACL, kneeled down in church after doing rehab for five months, ACL popped. Five months of rehab, kneeling down in church, ACL popped. So if he just has a compound, you now granted, it'll take a little bit, you know, while to come back, but he'll be fine by next year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, they also either have to franchise him, trade him, or he'll be a free agent. There's somebody out there that'll give him a contract. Granted, they'll have, you know, injury pre- preventions in there, oh, but yeah. – I don't have a doubt in my mind that he'll be able to come back and still be the same quarterback. Um who knows where he'd be uh will be uh but I can guarantee he ain't playing another down for the Cowboys without a long-term contract of some sort.
1: Yeah, he'll have to and I think that he would be justified in that but I think that you know something key about how I think that this will mess up their locker room because you they already weren't very good. No. Then you have a lot the of guys Mike overpaid McCarthy situation where for some reason, and I don't know, like maybe Aaron Rodgers was just so great that he made him look like a good coach. Um, and if that's the case and that now you're going to not have your star quarterback and he's going to have to coach even harder and even right. more to get those guys ready, um, that could go sideways on them. Sideways.
0: Then you got Mike Nolan with that defense. The last three years he was in Atlanta, they finished last, third, third to last, and second to last. You're you a bottom feeder, a D coordinator, and you just chilled for three years and you guys were up in Wisconsin breaking down film, and now you're the defensive coordinator with all those first-round picks and high dollar guys on the front line. All your linebackers are good, decent at the corner with young guys. You just drafted Diggs out of Alabama as a mm-hmm. corner, and you're trying to tell him you can't stop a nosebleed? Just, He's got to go.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. But the problem is I think will be an issue that Dallas has had for since what? well really since jimmy johnson even yeah. when they were winning the issue jones. is always jerry jerry jones <laughs> like, it's always and jerry Stephen jones and steven jones right the thing that makes the dallas cowboys such a big franchise is the same thing that holds them back is jerry jones right it, it is. really is and it and it's kind of crazy because he just won't he won't get out of the way enough because i feel like i always think this about jerry jones i feel like he is just enough of a football guy to think that he knows even more than the, that guys he he hired. Then the guys that he hired, yeah. which ends up being a problem. And, he,
0: and he'll never hire – I mean, Bill Parcells was there. Mm-hmm. He built up that team with talent-wise, and he ran him out of there. Right.
1: Is that when they had Quincy Carter at quarterback?
0: <laughs> well, Bledsoe brought – or, he, or <laughs> Parcells had brought in Bledsoe, but their lines were good. They had good players, and they, they had a good culture. You got to think, Sean Payton was offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and Jerry Jones couldn't even get him to come back. Right. When he had a house in Dallas, or maybe he has a house in Dallas. You can't even get him, your neighbor, to come and coach because they know.
1: Because they know too much. They they, know that Jerry is. Jerry is
0: the the owner, GM, the head coach, offensive (laughs) coordinator, defensive coordinator.
1: He might take a snap.
0: He might. If he could, he'll be a special teams coordinator. I think that he'll get – what was the kicker down there? It was from Nebraska. He was coming down there and saying, you need to kick the ball. He's just way too involved. And it's funny – as I'm thinking about owners, I'm thinking about you know when I was a rookie and Ralph Wilson, who was a you know a pioneer mm-hmm. you know of the NFL, him and Al Davis, you know he was our owner. He would show up. Well, we saw him a few times. He'd show us, he'd come and talk to us at the beginning of training camp. We always see him at the Christmas party because he would be cutting a rug, right? <laughs> old old dude out there getting getting busy. But the funny thing about it, I re- I remember it's like the day we were we were practicing and he had a private jet right obviously and he and he would leave from training camp and go to his house in Florida but he would kind of circle you know and it wasn't like a you know quick circle but you'd see him he would kind of take off and circle yeah. and look and then he'd be head up and that was just kind of like his send off like all right I'll see you when you guys are winning he never at least to my knowledge and I wasn't you know when I was a rookie and I was all you know I was still working to stay on the team and all that but it was an honor if he knew your name yeah. The first two times he came through the locker room, he just looked at me and said, shook his head, looked up, said, okay, that's foreman. The next year, he knew my name, mm-hmm. but that's about all I've ever seen of of, of Mister Wilson. Jerry, he coming in there? I mean, He's he doing-
1: the I'll never forget. Jerry Jones has his own radio show, right? Like it's amazing, like because I, I was uh, like now feels like and now was years ago before I did sports media, and uh, like healthcare sales and I used to travel for work and I, I had to go down to Dallas to meet with a hospital and I just turned whatever, wherever I go I turn on the local sports talk and I'm like is that Jerry jo- welcome back to the Jerry Jones show right. I'm like what are we doing it's after like, the after the game here
0: they're not in the locker room interviewing player they're waiting for Jerry to come down there
1: so strange
0: so I mean it's. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in Dallas because, you know, Mike McCarthy on paper is a winning coach. Um, I think he's a good offensive coach. I think their defense is – is scheme is, is bad. I think the defensive coordinator needs to go. Um, and so we'll see what happens and see how they go forward or if they draft a quarterback. Because if they draft a quarterback and don't bring back Dak, even if they did like a – two or three year deal that's guaranteed mm-hmm. you know not like Kirk something like Kirk Cousins got when he went to the Vikings you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: with player option they could work it out injuries and all the other stuff If you draft the rookie quarterback with those guys that you have on that team you're not pushing reset but you're almost there you're kind of like signaling that you're is, signaling that, is coming. that is coming and Jerry's too old for that
1: right he wants to win again and that's what's also driving all the kind of the manic moves yeah is that he wants to win yeah out of desperation yeah yeah, it's just crazy what, what's happening down there, and that will, it's going to be a huge story um, once we get to the off season to see what kind of goes um, on with that. But I want to wrap today's show, like, kind of like we always do. If you're new to the pod, um, with one of our favorite segments. Put them on blast. So each week we kind of go through and we talk about um, somebody that deserves to be put on blast for something that they did or said. I'm going to kick us off this week. I I, I kind of got it. I have to, right? Like people would be surprised if, if you, I, you
0: you up here you dripped out in purple and gold. Yeah, I mean
1: you would be surprised. You dog, you, you, you ain't got no, the purple no, gold no. draws on. You? <laughs> no, With the gold not okay. no, no, not no, this come time. No, not this time. i here stepping. No, I won't. Oh, my, my dad, my uncle will kill me. sickness in, <laughs> in the in the family. Um, I got to put the haters on blast. Let's break that down. Like just everybody, just the haters. So I was actually, so I played this clip with my wife earlier where it was like it's like a three-minute long clip of all these different pundits and what have you oh, yeah. um, talking about these different things with the Lakers. And there's one at the, at the very beginning of the clip that I might not ever forget um, where Rob Parker said that LeBron James was trying to be a 6'8 Kevin Hart. And that was the only reason that he came to LA is because he wanted to Beginning make movies, movie. um, and that's all that that he wanted to do. And so, like, and people, and it's, it's weird because I always had these conversations where some people were like, oh, well, they were actually the favorites. Like, people picked them. What do you mean? I'm like, well, yes and no. Vegas had them as a favorite, pretty much wire to wire. Vegas knew yeah. something that that everybody else right. didn't know, but. Think about all of the talk about the Clippers. The
0: Clippers were. That
1: Clippers thing was real. And I could put together a five-minute clip of just all of the people talking about the Clippers and how they had Kawhi and way off P and how, you know, who was going to guard those guys. Well, it turned out themselves. They were going to guard. It was self-check out there. Because once we got the crunch time in the playoffs, they were nowhere to be found, right? Um, when when the, they get to the playoffs, um, after you get past the seeding games, well, actually in the seeding games, um, they struggled, the Lakers did, because they already had the number one seed wrapped up. Um, and so they just didn't play all that well because there was nothing to play for. And oh, okay, now they're vulnerable. So you get to, then i laughing, you get to the playoffs, and now the Portland Trailblazers, who were, who were hot, going into that because they had to be, were the greatest eight seed in the history of the NBA. Got them up out of here in five games. So then it's Houston. They're a weird matchup. Who's going to guard James Harden? There was a thing. And
0: Houston had beat them during a regular season. Yeah, they had
1: beat them once. Because Houston is one of those teams, though, where – they're going to have a game where they hit a whole bunch of threes because they take a bunch of them, right. um, and they're going to beat you because and they're you just don't gonna feel like so running many, around chasing right, low guards. Yeah, all you night. just don't feel like doing it. And there was and, and now I, w- I wish I had had it pulled up, but there was a, uh, an NBA guy that said that Harden was going to play Anthony Davis off the court the same way that he did Rudy Gobert in the first round. Got them up out of here. Also, after James Harden said um, that it didn't matter about the Lakers being tall or not, and that you know oh, yeah. you got to have that heart. Right. I guess AD had that heart. And mm, one, two, three, Cancun, Houston, <laughs> get on up <laughs> yeah. out of here. So then we get to Denver, and Denver is a team that I don't really, I don't, I don't really feel one way or the other <laughs> about Denver. Like people don't really spend time thinking about Denver. Um, and I kind of like their young pieces. They have some nice guys, but it was okay. Here is the arrival of Jokic, right? All right. AD shut that down. Um, they got a game. They played with heart. They were kind of yeah. like you know. The, it kind of reminded. They were kind of like a light version of know the, the heat. Miami Heat. Yeah, exactly. And then you get to the Heat. In the Heat, I will not say anything bad about the no. Heat outside of maybe Tyler Harrow who did that little snarl and then right. he got dunked all over. But whatever. He's a rookie. He's only twenty years old. He got swag. I- I'm okay right. with Two that. Two years can, ago, he was in high school. Yeah, I can yeah. kind of. I can kind of let Going that go. Going to the go. little Sadie Hawkins dance right, or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can let it go. Um, and like I said, nothing but respect for them. Pat Riley the architect right. all of that, obviously. a a Laker legend in his own right I wanted him to come back um, and run the team when kind of all that turmoil was going on Um, and so it wasn't so much about them um, in this finals as much as it was it felt to me that there were just a lot of people um, right or wrong that were at at the final stage of it just rooting against the Lakers because they wanted the whole thing to fall apart and us to not have this moment um, where they were back on top because people really hate the Lakers they hate the Lakers. <laughs> like they they really hate the, they, and they there. really
0: hate on LeBron. Um, you need to put a fan poll out there between Rod Parker, it, who's the biggest LeBron hater, Rod Parker, uh,
1: in, uh, in
0: the field, in skip, the skip, in Skip Bayless. Who, uh,
1: Bill Simmons has had some real yeah, bad you know, ones, Simmons, but he's just, a just, those, <laughs> just
0: those two. If you could do a, a poll out there, on you know how you do Twitter polls, that would be good. And you know what else? I I just made a decision now Uh-oh. that I I had the Michael Irvin uh, Michael Irvin video pinned on my Twitter. Yep. You know, you have, you're, you're pinned, yeah, you you're pinning it. Must be like that's your like favorite video. Yep. The new one is when St- <laughs> Stephen A. Smith was going off when the Nuggets were up, were coming back to win for uh, down three one, and he went off for like two minutes <laughs> straight. <laughs> so I'm, I now am going to pin that just because he said. LeBron is waiting. AD is waiting. And LeBron ain't hurt this year, right? Right. So, hey, you know, and he's almost a kind of quasi LeBron hater too. Because he's a a Jordan.
1: Like, I feel like Stephen is is somebody that, like, he wants to jump on and off of people's bandwagon. So, just so that he can go hard at somebody for the sake of going hard. Because
0: he was big on KD, and then I think reality hit. Um, But, you know, the haters, I, I always look at it like this. Like, with the, like the only thing I compare LeBron slash the whoever LeBron is with that is the team in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's the Cavaliers, Heat, or the Lakers, I compare it to like the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? Do the Patriots if they bent the rules? You damn right they did. Did they get caught a couple times? Yeah. Did they do anything else that I haven't seen other teams do? No. They just were better at it. Right. But one thing I can respect about them is they win.
1: Right, they still you still have to go win. You those still got to go win, <laughs> like, right. and they
0: do everything you need to do win. And I'm gonna tell you, every time I play against the Patriots, you better be strapped up. That's gonna be a physical game, mm-hmm. right? And they're gonna mentally tax you. So, you know, the hate when when, when the moral of the story is when people are hating you just because the like you're the Lakers or you're the Patriots or whatever, you're doing something good. You're actually doing something great. Right. You're doing stuff that nobody else is willing to do. You know, and so that's the good thing about the haters now. Who I'm gonna put on blast okay. is, is 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 a is a football team slash coach, uh, that I have family history with. Uh oh. Growing up, my dad should be a Hall of Fame uh NFL player. He's not there yet. So we need to get him in before he kicks the bucket. Get him in there. The Minnesota Vikings. You know, so I grew up a Vikings fan. Um Grew up actually a Redskins fan because we're from out east, but you know obviously I have to be a Vikings fan. So even when I played, I always kept an eye on the Vikings. But ever since they signed Kirk Cousins, ever since they've been drafting Christian Ponder X, <laughs> Y, and Z, they have done nothing but shoot themselves in the foot. And it came all full circle last night on Sunday Night Football. And I love Mike Zimmer as a coach. Yeah. I wish I could. He's, he's the a one, great coach. He's <laughs> one of the guys I wish I could have played for. But but Mike Zimmer. And I got to put you on blast, homeboy. Happens to the best of right, to the best of You are fourth and one on the road, and you are – your season is – you're hanging on to your season by like a thin line. You're on life support. Mm-hmm. And you, you're fourth and one on the road, up by five, and you decide to go with – yes, albeit, the running back, Delvin Cook was out. The backup running back is really good, and he missed the hole. That was <laughs> – me and you could have got a yard through, <laughs> Right. right. But the smart play, the smart play is to kick the field goal, go up by eight. So at the end of the day, no matter what, you're defending against a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Right. We, the Vikings went for it, got stuffed by Seattle defense that had been giving up their last in the league and giving up yards. The Vikings have been running up and down the field. But one thing about fourth and one, they know what you're going to do. Right. Right? And so they got – so Russell Wilson <laughs> – Trots his little pretty self on on the, out there on the on the field. And here he comes. Here he comes. Play action. Get a penalty. Throw it deep to you know DK Metcalf. Next thing you know, he rolls out on third down, dagger in the heart. Thirteen seconds left. Now that's a long flight from <laughs> from Seattle to Minneapolis. So some hurt
1: feelings on that some team. hurt
0: feelings, and you just lost in your season. is pretty much over. Now you got to coach the rest of the season during the pandemic during COVID, knowing that you're thinking like. All right, man, are we going who are we gonna draft coming next year? Right. And you got some good veteran players, uh, have a really good young receiver, really good running back. I'm still not sold on the quarterback. Defense yeah. is still decent and good, and the defense played really, really good last night. Um, so it was so you really you took all the confidence that you could have gained with those young players, mixed in with those veteran players to move on to continue maybe like a winning streak. That coaching decision in the obviously Monday, Monday quarterback. Would tell you you should have kicked the field goal. All went down the drain with that, and it's something that uh, those are those are defining moments and decisions and during a season with organizations that are have been winning and going to playoffs and, and needed to do well uh, that could really send your your season down the you know the toilet toilet drain. So uh, I have to call out my man Mike Zimmer. I love Mike Zimmer as a coach and as a human, uh, but I think that it came full circle with that uh, the GM's drafting. The way that the organization has been going from Christian Ponder and so forth and so on. Terrible Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Terrible Kirk Cousins. The king of the B-movies. He's not even king of the B-movies. He's the king of the, like, the independents now, right? <laughs> uh, he's 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 been up there stealing. I've never seen. But the one thing I will say about Kirk Cousins, though. Mm. There used to be a thing, like, when you see guys in the locker room that don't play well, and they'd be like, man, he going in there with a mask on. Kirk Cousins going up there getting his check without a mask. You know, I'm here. I'm stealing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm getting it. hey You giving it to me.
0: Don't worry. You don't need no cameras. I'm letting you know when I'm coming, when I'm going to be there. And when I'm going to cash my check. And for whatever reason, they still keep giving this man money. (laughs) He can't play dead. He can't (laughs) straight up. I mean, he'll have a couple games where he's good, you know, or whatever. But and I know last season was probably his best season. And he played. A, he played. It's like a big deal if Kirk Cousin doesn't like lose you a game, when, right? Right. When People act like he's
1: team. amazing if he doesn't lose them a game. Oh, he
0: threw for two hundred yards and a touchdown. He finally stepped up in a big game. If I'm paying you thirty something million, you gotta think it's the
1: baseline. He, I want to.
0: <laughs> I want. This is what we should look at: what he makes versus what Tom Brady essentially had to call Tampa Bay up and get paid. Right. Straight up, the greatest of all time. I don't care if Tom Brady's fifty years old. He better than Kirk Cousins any day of the week, right? And you up here painting this man like he's like he's a top five quarterback, and he and he a bottom five. I mean, I mean, I, it's it, it's the weirdest thing to me that where how the NFL does stuff with 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 quarterbacks and it affects your whole organization. Right. It'll it'll literally blow up your whole organization, and sometimes you just never recover, never recover. So be it. And my Vikings, you know, and, and you know what? I know that you're a Lakers fan. I'm a Lakers fan. So, you know, the Lakers started in Minneapolis, though, with my man George. They, Mike did. they did. Oh, big number 99. You got <laughs>
1: you so got yeah. extra ties to it.
0: Right. Yeah, I knew about that. Well, I used to hate because we used to do the George Mike and drill and basketball tryouts, <laughs> you know, minute straight. So that's why I had to put Mike Zimmer and the Vikings on blast. Hopefully this will will be the last and you're not going down there like Bill O'Brien in the, in the Houston Texans.
1: Yeah, hopefully they don't go, go that route, but that that is definitely, that's going to do it for us uh, this week. Subscribe to the podcast everywhere you can listen to them. Rate us, review us, leave us a five-star review. If you leave five, I'm inclined to think that you're a hater. Uh, make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on the Hale Varsity Network, uh, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, more to it, and the Hale Varsity Radio Show. We now have an email address. You can email us if you would like to get in touch with the show at Breakdown at Hale Varsity.com. That is straight up breakdown at hail varsity.com Or you can find us on Twitter at Greg Smith HV or at Foreman5644.
0: Yep. There we go. Unless it changes. And unless uh, it changes yeah. to
1: like, I love LeBron 24. <laughs> we will catch you next time.